Broadcasting from Ireland, featuring interviews with some of the biggest names in magic, welcome to the Deceit Reality Podcast, with your hosts, David Peace and Steve Spade. And we're live! That's great. What New up? intro. Yeah, that up. <laughs> and it worked. It's brilliant. <laughs> and guys, we're so happy to have Daniel Garcia joining us here today. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing great. Is that, we're awesome. like we haven't said this already, even though that it was, this was like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't happen. We can do it again. Yeah, you got to, you got to, <laughs> you got to keep it interesting for the peeps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm doing great. How are you? Weather? Where are you at? Ireland? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are in Cork. Actually, it's about an hour and a half from Limerick. <laughs> we need I like, like a subscription. You like my hat? We're good. Yeah, yeah. You got a good hat. It's pink. That's nice. I like it. <laughs> So in the podcast, we always start with the same question, which is the question magicians get asked the most, which is, how did you get started in magic? I heard you were four in some interview before. Is that true? And how did that all kick off? This is a podcast about magic? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually five, so whichever one you heard that from, they gave me an extra year of credit. So let's just go with that. That sounds great. <laughs> four is better. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was five. Um uh, my folks, my family doesn't do magic. So, uh, but my parents really liked watching magic, like on television. So they really dug watching Copperfield, David Copperfield. And so um, I vividly remember it. I was sitting down, man, and just, uh, I was like on the floor. My dad was on the couch, um, busting a hard chill like I'm doing right now. <laughs> and, uh, and my mom was next to him and I was down on the floor, like kind of between his legs, like propped up like that watching TV. And I remember, I think it was, I don't remember the actual effect. That's uh, I don't. I'm, it might have been like a dancing tie type thing, mm -hmm. um, where the tie starts singing. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I just remember watching it, and I remember like people applauding and people laughing. And I like distinctly remember that I wanted to make people do that. Like I just I don't. It, it wasn't like the actual magic part was fascinating, but like the like doing that to people. And I was always kind of like a silly kid, you know what I mean? So I think that was just kind of thing. And it just and then whenever the magic aspect got into it that was fascinating already obviously um but it was the like the construction of how things worked like the method and the mechanisms and that kind of stuff that just like really like dug into me hard yeah that's awesome De definitely uh, some people saying hey already that's great thanks for joining us what up, dude? oh it's regan man he that dude's a dope dude uh, i always think david copperfield's names comes up a lot uh as the inspiration and i think it's just that level of performance and, as you're saying, bringing joy to people is something that I, I see in a lot of your magic. And even when I showed, I was watching some clips before this and I, my wife was watching them. She's like, that's the happiest magician I've ever seen. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I really do think that, that's your style. And uh, is that just, as you're saying, you're a bit of a silly kid. Has that always just been the way you perform? Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of tried to be a class clown. I mean, I don't think I've really succeeded in it, but I've always just like, re I really like making people laugh. Um, well, early on, I really enjoyed making people laugh. And then even like kind of, that's an awesome question. Uh, and then even like, um, like, not like, I mean, I was still young, but like, I'll say like nine, ten-ish, um, like when I was like nine or ten young, that was like, I really enjoyed making people happy. Like that was a super cool thing for me. Um, and my parents were extremely loving. So like, that was like, you know, we had no problem telling each other, like, I love you, like in front of our friends and things like that. Like that didn't compute to us, like that, that was a weird thing. Um, and like, I would have friends that'd be like, man, I hate my folks. And I have, and I would just be like that. You live in a weird house, man. Like my folks are dope. <laughs> and so, uh, so, and we were always taught like respect and kindness and like that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I mainly owe it to my folks. Like they, they were the dopest, you know? And so that bled over. Um, I was, I tried to do like the whole kind of like serious stage dove, double dove split type thing. Um, and, uh, and it was cool and I liked it, but I like, I think I latched onto Copperfield was charming and I latched onto being charming. I really thought that that was a dope quality in somebody. And I was like, how do I be like that? Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and then I just noticed that like the kinder and like happier I was like, that was, um, like infectious, like people would kind of get in a better mood around you. And I like that mood. I like being around that mood. Like nobody wants to be like having a shitty day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah man. I, 
I think the thing with, with Copperfield as well, the way he can mix the, the real kind of intimate close-up magic with the big illusion, it kind of draws you in from both sides. So he's really appealing to kind of every type of like, you know, people watching it or magicians watching it. You know, it's funny. I don't, I, cause I, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you, but I also think, I think it's deeper than that. Um, and I'll, I mean, obviously this is all with a grain of salt and this is all just my thoughts. So it's going to be completely wrong, but, uh, but I think that like, it's a lot of things. One, like he, he is a perfectionist. Like I remember watching things on television and it was so perfect. Everything was so, per it didn't look like, you know, you watch a lot of magicians nowadays and I'm talking about from a magic side already, like on, on just a magic side. Cause I think there's a whole separate side with layman, but as a magic side, everything was so well thought out. And so like, if anything went wrong, they had a solution for it. Like everything was workshopped over. And you could tell that like, even at a young age, I could tell like, this is perfection. Like perf I remember watching, uh, I remember watching um, what was it? Uh, the Barclay House, where he does uh, does the spirit cabinet, right? Whoa, you freaked me out, bro! I went like this, and you covered your, you covered your your screen. I was like, whoa! <laughs> it just moved down. I was just adjusting it, and it just went it all went red. We're good. <laughs> that was so it like lined up perfectly with my hand going over. That <laughs> was funny. Uh, I um I remember watching um the Barclay House and he did the uh he did the spirit cabinet thing where he you tie the rope and you tie the rope and then you cross your hands. Mm -hmm. And that method is like like straight up in Tarbell, you know what I mean? It's like that's like a straight mm -hmm. up old school method. And I remember watching him, and this is before I kind of knew things about television, how things are, you know, how television's kind of done for the audience to feel a certain way. And I remember thinking, man, this dude practiced so hard to get this move to look flawless. Because normally, you know, you would have to kind of stutter. Like the problem nowadays with magic is that is use. I think the theocracy has kind of taken over a little bit to where people are like, oh, like nobody's going to notice my thumb doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, people are going to notice. They just don't know what you did. You know what I mean? They don't. But they felt like something happened. And if they feel like something happened, then it's, that doesn't matter anyway. You know what I mean? Um, once again, all grain of salt. This is all just, you know. Uh, but with Cop, I remember watching that move and being like, but I remember it making me go, I, if he can do it, then I can do it. Like, if that means it's possible. So yeah. if it's possible, that means that I can achieve that thing. And I remember sitting there and like trying and trying. Now, like that goes in the opposite direction, though, too. Like, I remember watching him fly and like being like, <laughs> I guess that motherfucker can fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and I remember, so it's like it, it's not like I was like totally rational. Oh, this is getting me all messed up. Um, I tried the same after seeing David uh, David Blaine levitate. I was like, if I just focus enough, yeah, yeah. If I just if I just think really hard, which I mean, it's hard. hard. I think that that's and I think that that's a dope thing. I don't think that I think that we lose that as adults, obviously, because we have reality. But who cares, man? Like that's a dope way of thinking. Just to think that that's possible, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like how, how many times did you jump off a off a wall before you realize, oh, maybe I can't fly like Copperfield. It's one of those kind of things. One off, bro. First off, I don't know how you're sticking to those walls. Like jumping off a wall sounds crazy. You might be talking about Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. Like, that was crazy, man. I remember like that was a. It was just that dude was inspiring. Like it just it sums up to that. That dude was so inspiring, and so like it was just everything about him was like creativity, method, everything was like. You know what I mean? The, the amount of hard work, the perseverance, like every single thing about that dude, um, the charm, like like the uh, like he had there was a gentleman type type quality about it. You know what I mean? Like all of it. And people like genuinely felt dope around that dude. Uh, and that's kind of like I just I dig that. And I still to this day, it's like, man, I just really I, I read a thing. Like, I think it was on Instagram or something like that. Like the last week, I think it was. And it was like, it resonated really hard with me where it was like a, it said be. Um, be the adult that you that you needed when you were a kid, and I was like, "Whoa, that's amazing! That's awesome!" You know what I mean? And so uh, I just I don't know. I just want people to, to I just want people to feel dope. Dude. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you became a drug dealer. No, yeah. oh, now I smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> Magic and crack—they're the same thing, really. They're great around me. They're all homeless, but they're cool. <laughs> Boulder addiction. Crack means the whole. <laughs> Crack is a whole different thing here, man. Crack, if you ask for crack or looking for crack in Ireland, it's a different thing. I mean, I'm not looking for anything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say coffee? Can I find coffee? <laughs> it, it's funny, actually, in Ireland, because we say crack for fun. 
uh, a friend of mine was at a job in America and he, he was asked, oh, how was your weekend? And he said, great, I, amazing crack. And they were like, all the Americans were like, what? Wait, so crack means fun? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Irish language. So it's like C-R-I-C, or C-R-A-I-C. So it's like crack just means oh, wow. that, that you had. <laughs> That's a hilarious sketch. Somebody needs to do a sketch about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because, you, you've mentioned your, your parents being like the one of the reasons where you get a lot of stuff from you. And I think a lot of people in Magic really fell in love with them on the Ultra Gaff DVDs. When, especially your mom's reaction to like the tricks that you're doing. Right. I think they're still some of the best reactions on any Magic DVD. What was it like filming? My mom, dude, she's dope. Yeah, what, what was that like filming with them for the performances of the Ultra Gaff DVDs? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's not like I don't. They're dope, man. I think a lot of people take filming way too seriously nowadays, but like, it's like, you're just having fun, man. Like, and, uh, like, I wanted to, it's, it's kind of difficult because I didn't, it, I didn't really achieve what I wanted to achieve until I released this trick mint box of, like a couple years ago or a year yeah. ago. I don't remember how long ago that was, but, uh, but so I didn't get to achieve, but at the time it's really hard, like, you know, whenever you have like dope folks, like you want to make them proud. Like that's pretty much like I didn't understand that as a kid as much as I do right now. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm 39. Is that how old I am? I don't know how old I am. What about 22? Uh, so, uh, so I like I understood that I wanted to like, you know, make my parents proud. Obviously, um, I need to charge. Some, I need to charge a phone, or else you're gonna you're gonna lose me, bro. You're gonna hold on. <laughs> Now, obviously, I take these things very seriously. <laughs> I was completely ready for this. Hold on, that's a plug. Boom, Boom. easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> I don't ever said that in my life. All right, so uh, <laughs> uh, okay, don't install that. Um, anyway, so I. Uh, all right, back to serious. <laughs> so, oh, uh, my folks, like. Uh, I think that like, you know, you want to make your, your parents proud, yeah. you know, you want, you want them to be proud of like the things you do, like, you know, Hey, look at this drawing I did, that kind of stuff. And so ultra gaff was like, that was the first project that I had been contacted for. That was like everything that I had done before that was something that I had already been doing that like I had already been doing, I was doing restaurants and corporate and all that stuff and I had yeah. magic shops, like all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? And so, uh, that was like the first time that somebody had called and been like, yo, can you do this? I, I have a goal for you. Can you create 56 original things? And, and that like at the time that had really hadn't been done in that kind of capacity. So yeah. I loved the creative challenge of that. And yeah. so that was like the first time that I was like, and that was also the first time that it was just like, man, like a company really, this is excluding like Paul Harris and Chris Kenner are very heavily um, the reason of why like my career kind of shot in the way the direction that it did. Um, they they were basically like kind of rocket boosters for me. Like I had kind of started the engine, my career had started taking off. And then these guys were both like, follow me. You know what I mean? So they like kind of opened a path and were like, yo dude, you can do this if you want to do this. So uh, that was the first time that I could be like, yo man, I really want, I want to show my parents like kind of the world that I'm doing. Cause they like, even to this day, they think if you ask my folks, they're just like, no, we're proud of him. He travels the world and he works with this and he's hanging out with celebrities he's doing all this crazy stuff that I honestly don't like. It's kind of, I'm very grateful for that stuff, but I just want to do magic, man. Um, you know, or I just want to be creative, not even just magic. I just want to go be creative. Like I want to go do creative things. And so that was the first time that I could be like, Oh, come and let me show you like what I'm doing and show people like the kind of people that you are, like you're dope people. Like you're just, you're amazing individuals. Like my folks go to all the conventions. Like <laughs> go, there's a convention in Texas called TAOM that I've been going to since I was like 13. I don't, I haven't been able to go in a, in a bit, but uh, they still go. Like I haven't gone in like the last <laughs> three or four years in a row. They go without me. Like they, and everybody knows them. Everybody's just like, what up Danny? What's up Diana? You know, <laughs> how's Daniel? He's doing good. He's doing all right. You know, like whatever they're doing. Like they're amazing. I don't know why I gave my mom that accent. She doesn't talk like that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, they're, they're That's just cool. They're cool. people. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. That was a really long way to answer your question, but, uh, but they're, they're just amazing. And it was, um, it was amazing to be able to, to do, I would love to do that again at another capacity. Like, with like some of the things that I'm doing now, 
um because it's a lot it's it's much bigger or even have them on set for like if i'm helping out with a movie or helping out with a magic special or something like that uh, i would love to like just bring them out on set which i haven't done yet so i, th I should do that uh, once kind of this whole this whole pandemic thing chills out but uh, yeah. i think that's kind of the next the next step for me to be like and check this out like this is awesome like you guys would dig this no, it's cool to have um, supportive parents when you're in the arts or in a creative field. You know, uh, uh, you know. I mean, it, it really does help if, if they're if they're not like, oh no, you got to be a lawyer, you got to be a doctor, you got to be, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, man. Oh, it was. I think it was a huge, huge. Like, I can't even stress enough how much like. And once again, you don't realize it when you're that young. You realize that you have supportive parents, but you don't I appreciate it. You don't appreciate it as much as you do when you're older. And you're like, man, you really did like. You suffered a lot, like, because we, we didn't have a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, we weren't like we weren't poor, poor, but like, you know, it was like we were definitely like paycheck to paycheck sometimes. And both my parents worked. Like, they were, my both my parents got up early morning. They took off. They left. We would stay with my grandparents. You know what I mean? Like, until like late, you know, afternoon till they got back from work. Like, it was you know they worked hard for us. And to hear like your kid be like, uh, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go do the norm. I want to go do magic. Like that's, it's a very easy thing to be like, yeah, why don't you become an electrician? You know what I mean? Or something like that. And it's, it's very, 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 I want to be a ninja or like kids being like, I want to be a princess. I want to be a magician. I want to yeah, be an exactly. astronaut. And you're like, hmm. Just yeah, man. And, and that, there was none of that. It was literally like, I want to do that. And that Christmas I had a magic set. Nice. Yeah. Incredible. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. We, you mentioned Mintbox, right, which is another one of your products I have. Uh, which yeah. I, I, one of the things I really liked in that the trailer for that was when you showed the magician who you'd met the secret, and then like just selling it on his reaction. I think yeah. is a great marketing ploy that I, I haven't seen before or since, and I think it's definitely a way to go because yeah, love that. I'm I'm actually glad you noticed that, man. It's a so I don't. I think it's very easy to fall in the norm of how things are selling and how things are done. Like if you look at magic trailers now and you dissect them, they all are almost identical. You know what I mean? Cool intro, dope music, dope visual, reaction shot, reaction shot, reaction shot, close up of the hands. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's always kind of the same, which is cool because aesthetically it's pleasing. You know what I mean? But uh, it doesn't feel authentic to me. And I really think that authenticity is the future of magic. And so, um, and also like, magicians watch those things watching like what the reactions are going to be, but I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, to sell this or put this out for laymen. Like I'm trying to put this out for magicians to use. Like this is something that, you know, like if you hung around like in this area or around my friends or at conventions, I'd been doing mint box for a few years already out and about. And so it had already been something that was already continuously changing and continuously getting worked on and shopped and like everything was being chiseled down. And every time I showed it to magicians, it was a dope, like the mechanism itself, the design of the mechanism was something that I was very proud of uh, because of simplicity. Like I think that sim there's, there's super elegance in simplicity. And mm -hmm. so being able to take something down to some, to simplicity into the most like simplest form that I could think of, I'm not saying that that's the correct answer, but it was the one that I could think of um, after. And that changed, man. I, I mean, that, that thing literally changed in one day, it went from like a matchbox to a tin can. Like it just, it rapidly, you know, progressed. And so uh, I knew that I wanted the trailer to do that, but we couldn't force anything like that. So like, that was like, and that idea wasn't there. Like it wasn't like, I didn't go into the trailer going, I need to get a magician so that I can show this magician how this works. Like that didn't exist in my head. I just knew that I wanted it to feel real. So like, if you look at like, uh, like the main trail, the main, um, performance that we use for a group of people, uh, I, dr I drop the actual card, the card gets dropped onto the floor. And instead of like taking that all out and being like, well, yeah, man, here's this, uh, you know, like let's clean this up and do this stuff. That, that's not what happened. It wasn't authentic. Like, and yeah. it didn't ruin the trick. Like it was, it was legitimate. Also, um, I teach like the way that I normally perform it. I do a mercury fold in the in the the uh, action of closing a spread. 
And so, and in the trailer, the guy laughs and I take advantage of the laugh at that moment to do a Mercury fold really quickly. And so I just want people to see like, you don't have to be set in stone. Like you need to be liquid. You need to be fluid. Like you need to, to go with what's happening. So that way it feels natural. If I would have waited, like a lot of magicians, I think they'll wait to do the move because they practice doing this move flawlessly. You know, <laughs> what I mean? so they're like, no, no, look at my hands. You didn't see anything, did you? <laughs> and so, which is the wrong way of thinking, I think, you know what I mean? Like, so you want So I left the, all that stuff in. And then that guy said he was a magician and he <laughs> happened to come up and it, it's really funny. The part that you don't see is afterwards where he's like, dude, I didn't recognize you because at the time I had lost a lot of weight. Um, I had been like, I've been working out and eating really healthy. And so I had lost a lot of weight right before that project. And so he didn't recognize me on the street. And afterwards he was like, dude, I didn't even recognize who you were. I've got like <laughs> this stuff and this stuff. And I was like, right on, bro. But when he came up and he's like, oh, I'm a magician. That's whenever the idea was like, oh, this is a really cool way to show, hopefully if he likes it, to show magicians at home, like yeah, you don't want him to be like, eh, okay. yeah, oh, this is cool. Yeah, funny because if he would have been like, uh, it's it's a really crazy struggle. If like, do I keep that in or do I not keep that in? You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not authentic if I don't keep it in. So it's a. I just think I don't. Know, there's like an honesty about it. I think, and I think that there's a a dope honesty in magic that's not being taken advantage of right now. That people people are smart, man. Like a lot of magicians say, people are stupid, and they're not. People are smart. They're just quiet about how they feel. Yeah, that's the thing people say. We were saying before that someone said, uh, "Oh, the the audience like I just do it. The audience doesn't see." I'm like, they're just being polite. <laughs> like, yeah, they saw just, but you're you're not you're 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 being a lazy magician. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're being lazy. Like, it's not. Yeah, but the like I I just do this because they don't they don't notice that. Well, why don't they know? Tell me why they don't notice it. Like, at least give me that because maybe I'm wrong and I would love to hear what you have, like what the thought is. You know what I mean? Like, why don't they notice it? Well, if he says like, well, they don't notice it because I drop my hand in a natural motion as I as I look up to think about a question. Now, I instantly know that they're going to look at me and then I turn my body a three quarter turn and do it on my leg. Then I'm like, well, that's a great solution. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not being lazy. That's being smart. Yeah, definitely. I think taking advantage of the things it's, that it's you were saying to... when people laugh as well is great. I, I think where I had a card on my hand and I was ready to put it into my peak wallet and everybody in the group made a joke. They started laughing, looking at each other. So I just went like that. Nobody saw me look at the drawing and just carried on with the normal presentation. And like, yeah, if, you, if laugh, you understand how to pull focus and how to, you know, how to direct attention to certain things. I mean, there's that's still a method. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a card trick that I was uh, doing for a bit that was legitimately like frying magicians. Uh, and I remember I did it in Vegas for a group, uh, a group of people. I put another layer on it though, so that it would, so that it would still, I basically what I did, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I did. It's like, I hate talking about tricks that I do, but, uh, but it, it has to, it has to do with this point. Um, I, there was a girl that was there hanging out doing a show with us. And so she was, she was one of the assistants. And so we are all having a drink that night down in one of the circle bars in Vegas. And uh, I turned to this girl, to the girl and it's all, it's, I mean, majority magicians. Uh, and then there's a couple of like friends, right? And there's probably 10 of us, maybe 10 of us, uh, 10, a dozen of us, something like that. And I remember I turned to her because everybody's kind of having conversations. And I turned and I was like, I noticed that nobody was kind of paying attention. And I said, uh, when I say think of a card, just think of the three of diamonds or whatever it was, right? I don't remember what it was. I think it was two diamonds actually. Uh, just think of the two diamonds and she just, she nods her head. So I wait, wait, wait. And then eventually it gets down. We're doing kind of a round robin type. You show something, you show something, you show something. So I was like, yeah, no worries. So I hand her the deck and I'm like, shuffle the cards, shuffle the cards, uh, spread the cards out. And I, I'm going to look away and I want you to take any card out. Right. And so take any card out and then, uh, and push it forward. And so I turn and then I say, now I want you to take another card and push it forward of a different color. And I was just, I was adding layers just to, to make it, but I don't know what that card is that she's going to do. I just know one of them's going to be the two of diamonds. So I turn and I say, take another card out, make sure it's a different color. And I, and when I say different color, everybody looks down to see which one she's going to take. And I just looked with them just so I could see what the card was uh, and looked back. And so she, I go through a whole bunch of steps and a whole bunch of different things. Um, but the moment it was taking advantage of the actual moment. Now the other layer that was put on top of it was I actually ended up fooling her because I didn't tell her what the ending of the trick was going to be. 
So she ended up becoming an instant stooge, which is, I think, something magicians don't take advantage of enough. Uh, she was an instant stooge for me, but I still fooled her with the revelation because she had no clue. Because after that, she ended up shuffling. She like dealt cards, was mixing stuff up. And then she thought of a number and literally just dealt to that number. And so she was like, what? And then afterwards, she was like, yo, like that was cool. But how did you do this part? <laughs> and I just was like, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just taking advantage of the situation that you're in. At that moment, that's cool, right? It's, that, like, right? it's like a, it's almost like impromptu magic, but there's no kind of such thing as impromptu magic. It's always kind of rehearsed or set up in some kind of way. But I, I like that kind of idea the way you're saying like it's like organic. And in your in your projects, when you had all the, the DVD set and all the projects, the Danny Garcia projects, there was so much of that in it. It seemed like you kind of like were performing with kind of nothing on you, but you could perform all this different magic. And that was a really nice kind of organic place to be, kind of raw, kind of. Yeah, it's really crazy, man, because I'm actually leaning more towards the other direction now, which is strange because I would have never thought that I would have think this. I used to be a really big fan of like, I don't like half dollars. I like quarters. I don't like I don't want to do this. I want to do trick with a stick of gum. I don't want to because I felt like it was organic. I felt like it was a natural I that I was a magical person as opposed to being a magician. And now I've kind of flipped it, man. I'm proud to be a magician now. Like being a magician is dope. So I have and I think that it's more challenging to be honest with you. Like if I pull out for like, like three half dollars, old half dollars, like that's my paintbrush as like, you know, like an artist has a paintbrush. That's now what, what I'm using as my tool. But now it's like, I need them to like, now they're hyper-focused because now they're like, oh, he's a magician, he's doing this kind of thing. So I think there's like a challenge now. It's more of like kind of this battle, which I'm kind of like, I like kind of getting off on like of just being like, oh wait, I have to like think, I have to think harder and think deeper and, put more psychology into what I was doing. Not saying that I'm not a fan of doing organic magic anymore. I'm just saying that my my way of thinking organic is now starting to shift and starting to kind of modify itself. You know what I mean? Which I still yeah, love that. Uh, but to me now it's more of like, how do I, how do I make something organic that isn't, doesn't seem organic in the first place using psychology, using inception, using some stuff like that, you know? How do I sway yeah. the conversation into a point that I want it to get to so that what I'm doing doesn't feel out of place? Cool. Very cool. I, I think that's interesting, uh, like with the half dollars and stuff, because in Ireland, I found, uh, Steve's probably had the same, like bicycle playing cards are not for sale in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So then you build out this deck that nobody's seen before. And like in America and other places, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's what a deck of cards is. But over here, people are like, what's that deck? Why is it so big? Because well, do, you find, do you find that um, do you find that people nowadays are the people are questioning the cards? Because I haven't because I hear a lot of magicians say that and I haven't had people like I haven't I've never had a person. So it's really fascinating to me. Um, I've never had a person be like, I've never seen those cards. So maybe when I was younger, because there was only a few different types of, of styles. But now I think that there's so many different designs on playing cards nowadays that now playing cards are just playing cards. Um, I don't know if that's right, but do you find like do you find that people like question if you use a certain type of deck or not? It, it's more like like oh, is that marked? Is like a thing, and you're like <laughs> even if they are, no, have a look. <laughs> but uh, it's more like the really heckly spectators are the ones being like, I've never seen those cards, and then I just say, watch friends. <laughs> they use those <laughs> uh, but it, it definitely hasn't been as as much lately uh, that it has had people have been questioning but it's definitely a couple of years ago it was just like every time people like what cards are those why because i think it is the size thing with, with bicycle cards like they're bigger than like the ones you get just in your corner shop which would be much smaller and plastic so then oh, i yeah. to say they're bigger so people can see them and that's why i use wow them. i didn't know that. that's interesting we've all been in a position where you know you're in a bar and the barman gives you out the deck that they have behind the bar you know, do the trick with with those cards, and you still do something or whatever, and that'll always that'll always fry them even stronger because. But it, you you're limited to what you can do because it's like it's been dried with beer and it's been dry and wet and dry and wet like five times, and the deck is like this thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's where I think organic is, though. That's where yeah. I think that organic is dope because that is something that you should not fear. You know what I mean? So you should be understand enough about like have enough tools in your repertoire to be able to be like, got it, like do something with this. And and like, if I was put in that, I mean, I haven't put in that position, but I think that if it was like a really bad 
deck like that, I would instantly call attention to how bad that deck is. I would make it a joke, make everybody laugh, make sure not to offend him because I don't want any, I don't want to offend anybody. So make sure not to offend him. And then like in my head, looking at the type. So here normally there'll be bicycle cards like around that's kind of the norm. Cause that's kind of the most popular thing that's kind of sold that. And I guess B-backs are kind of the more, more popular uh, yeah. during like in like the pharmacies and things like that. So I would, Try to see what it is. If he's got a deck that I have on me, now I know that I have an instant effect. Now I know that problem solution has now been introduced into the thing because I've now called attention how crazy and how thick and how gross this deck is. But now if I have a deck that's exactly the same, now I can just take that and then afterwards I can just be, I can switch it out really fast, except for like the top card that's gross. You know what I mean? Just yeah. do a color change here. Let me let me fix this for you. Make it look like I smashed it. Yeah, that looks about right. Now you get a whole new a whole new effect built in that feels organic in that moment, even though like that's I think that's how to be a, how to think organically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I, just I, I, something to do with that deck. That's just that's dope. You know what I mean? I, I was just trying to think on my feet, and uh, and the barman handed me out the deck, so I did a haunted deck with with the cards, and everyone freaked out when the card because I just had one picked randomly put in. And whatever, and it turns out that the guy who owned the deck had died, and they left him behind the bar. And no one, you know, he's like he used to come in and play like poker with his buddies, but he had died, and they left the deck behind the bar. And no one had touched him. And I just yeah. got someone pick a card, put it back in, haunted deck. It moved, you know, we know how it works. It came out, it fell out onto onto the table, and they all started freaking out. And I was like, what? And they were like, oh, that's his lucky card. I was like, whose lucky card? And then they told me, damn, <laughs> yeah, they told me about the deck and who owned it and all this. And I was just like, oh yeah. Sure, maybe it's a sign Whoa, for new order. That's crazy. <laughs> that's insane, dude. No, it's nothing. That's a crazy story. You love this. Yeah. Uh, speak, uh, we got a question actually sent in uh, on this topic from Chris. It was like, what's your go-to impromptu trick? Mm, I don't have one. You don't have uh, one? I don't, ever, yeah, I don't ever. It's, I really, I don't hate getting this question at all. I just, I feel like I'm always a disappointment whenever I get this question <laughs> uh, because I don't have a favorite impromptu. I don't have a favorite trick in general. Um, it depends on, I'm a fan of figuring out what is needed at that moment. So depending on what the, what the feeling is, the mentality of the people that I'm, that I'm doing it for, like if, if I'm out or like whenever we could be out, like are, how drunk are they? You know what I mean? That's something that comes into, into play. Like, I don't want to do anything. And also I'm not a fan of like, um, I do magic like a lot when I'm out. Like I haven't done like a formal show in a bit. I did, I did one in China a couple years ago, which was amazing. Um, there you can do like kind of procedural type, more theatrical type, type things. But if you're out and about, man, you just need to hit, you know what I mean? You want to, you want to hit, hit, hit is what you want. You just, you want those dopamine levels to pop, 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 you know what I mean? Surprise, surprise, surprise. So I try to kind of like, I feel out the crowd, like what's the mood of this crowd? What's this? I believe in like a social equilibrium. So if I think that the crowd is too kind of like subdued, then, did I use that word right? Uh, and then uh, I'll slowly elevate my like energy. So that way they come they come up a little bit and I start coming down a little bit. Or if I'm too much, then I'll come down to them a little bit just so they'll start coming up. If I go too high, then they're, they'll reject it. Now I'm just crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't like the dudes. This 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 dude. He he's really on crack. <laughs> like he's actually on crack. <laughs> so uh, so I try to like I'll I'll come down a little bit to match them, and so that that way they start coming up until we reach that level. And depending on where that level's at, now I start figuring out like is this? It's also momentum too, right? Like what am I? Who am I doing magic for? Who's like? What's that momentum going? You know what I mean? Is this trick gonna be better? Like if I'm if I'm doing. Like I remember we were, I was at a convention one time and uh, it was early morning, I think. I think we stayed up all night. It was like a 24-hour like jam. And I was kind of, it was one of those nights where I was like, man, I'm going to jam tonight. Like I'm going to go sit out and just jam with a bunch of people because um, I love it. And so uh, I think it was like early, it was either early morning or late night, something like that. And there was a group and there was a like some laymen. There was like a kid, like two kids, I think is what it was. They didn't do any magic at all. And like they were kind of, you could tell they were bored. And like we were talking, we were having a discussion on theory. Uh, and... I was talking about magic and they were like, well, if I go do magic for these people, do you think that it's going to change their, their mood? I was like, you can hundred percent change their mood with magic. It's just, it's like, it's a slippery, slippery slope. It's just like, you have to be cautious about it. You have to kind of know the, the, the path to take. Cause you don't know what their day's like. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know any of this stuff. You know what I mean? And magic is a very powerful thing to, to like kind of, you know, bring the mood up to make you feel dope. Right. And so 
they went and did it and the kids kind of rejected it. Like they were just like, nope. So then the, in my head, I was like, look, all you have to do is do, they're both doing Sudoku. That's all they're, they're sitting there doing, they've been playing Sudoku for an hour, right? So just go do magic square for them. I bet, I guarantee you, if you do magic square for them really quick, instantly, both of them are not, their mind frame at that moment was numbers. That's where their mind frame was. So you can use that to intro into whatever else you want. Like that's, that's the bait's the wrong word, but that is kind of the shining light that gets them to look over. And then they kind of follow after that. You know what I mean? So I don't have that's another really long winded answer, but I don't have a, I don't have a favorite, a favorite go-to, uh, go-to impromptu, impromptu thing. I, I, think it's I, like to, I like to jazz a lot. So it's like depending on the situation I'm in, like I'll, I'll, you know, my my friends know that too, like that I hang out with. So like if I'm with like a couple of magicians that that go out with me a while, you know, Blake's a really good example, uh, or my buddy Alex back in Houston, like they'll see my wheels turning, like they they know me well enough now to be like, what's he thinking about right now? And then like with both of those two guys specifically, with Blake and with Alex. Um, I, there's times when I don't have to say anything. Like I can literally just look over and then do like one look and look at whatever I'm going to do. And they know how I think already. So they'll already understand where I'm going. Uh, and then that, that way it's like a, it's that, that becomes an impromptu effect for me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a good way to like keep people as yourself by jazzing. Cause sometimes you've, you've well, we probably all met the person at the convention and goes, can I so show you a trick? And their whole personality changes and they're into a rehearsed routine rather than it just being like the more organic, real impromptu style, which in jazzing yeah. really helps with. And we actually got a, another one in. Uh, I'll go through some of these now. So uh, who is your one of, do you have any favorite magicians to watch at the moment? Is one of the ones we got in. At the moment, yeah. That's what, see, boom, right there. You got it. <laughs> at the moment. Uh, at the moment right now, it's probably going to be uh, Mario Lopez is amazing um that dude is so creative and so good like just so like just pure sleight of hand man like that dude is like he rocks pure sleight of hand so so well uh so he's probably at the moment my favorite i always love uh Jan is always amazing to watch um just but i have a bunch that uh, i just recently started watching was it jackie that jackie jackie you is that, was that how you say his name um, I just recently started watching him uh, on Instagram. Like somebody sent me some videos, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this dude's so creative! A uh, really clever guy." Um, but those, like, I don't, like I don't, I just, you know, it's not. I don't gravitate towards like specific people. I gravitate towards ideas. And so, yeah. like, if I see ideas, and I'm just like, "Man, this is awesome! This is great!" And idea, like, you just, you know, you nobody's gonna bat three hundred. You know what I mean? Like, with when it comes with ideas, you know what I mean? So it's like. You know, like I, I know, like I have things that I am really proud of, and I have things that I'm just like, oh, go, go, don't do that anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leaving yeah. reviews on your own products, being like, not my best work. <laughs> yeah, man. But I think, yeah, I think Mario's doing amazing. Oh, Tobias, Tobias, uh, is it Dostal? Yeah. Uh, so creative. Um, he was a sleeper cell for me actually, because he, I got introduced to him. He released like some sunglass trick, yeah. uh, and I was just like, well, that's cool, but it wasn't like. Uh, nothing against him at all. I was just like, the trick itself didn't resonate with me. Um, and then I met him and he just started going through ideas with me. And I was like, dude, you're brilliant, bro. Like you're, you're extremely smart, like really, really smart. Um, so yeah, that, uh, Blake is another one. Blake's uh, just amazes me with just kind of, um, his cleverness of methods. Um, and how like he likes to think he, he like, he really likes to try to come up with things that are, that are different. Um, and I, there's uh, something very, very endearing about that. I like that. Um, Michael yeah. Amara was saying that as well. When we, when we had Michael Amara on the show, um, very early on, actually, we're on episode 20 now. And, uh, and we, when we were talking to him, he was saying being creative in other parts of your life other than your magic will make you more creative in your magic. And I one mean, Definitely. One, you know, one of the things that Blake and I, actually this thing behind, where is it, that thing behind me came from this, what I'm about to say. Um, Blake and I started doing this thing at the beginning of quarantine, like right when the pandemic started hitting. Uh, we decided that we were going to do this assignment. We we're going to do a creative assignment. And so we would get together every single week. And on Sunday, we would figure out what the assignment was. And it wasn't always magic. So it was, this one was create a piece of wall art for each other, specifically for the other person. So what we did is we would come up with a challenge and then we would come up with rules and we couldn't break those rules. And if we did break a rule, there had like the other person had to be like, got it. I understand why the rule was broken. You know what I mean? But you, yeah. but you pretty much had to follow the rule. And so a rules. And so, but it went 
all that just doing that right there, you you learn so much. Like one of the biggest things is if you can find somebody or a group of people that you trust, that you are comfortable around, that you feel safe around, you understand that you listen to each other. Like you don't you don't you don't it's not about arguing. It's about you may not agree, but you understand that you respect that person's brain. So there's a reason they came up with that solution. Like there's a reason they did this. So what's that reason? Like, why did you come up with that? And then you need to be able to communicate why you don't agree with that. If you don't still, once you, once you think about it. And so uh, Blake and I were very, very like, we really started learning about each other a lot, but not only that, we started, we were able to start like elevating each other's kind of process. And we started understanding like how the other person thought. So um, we would give each other random things. One of them was like make a flip book. So that was one of the creative challenges. You have a week to make a flip book and it has to have a magical element about it. That's it. So uh, one of them was a piece of wall art. Uh, we created um, a scavenger hunt one time. Uh, I think I think we only did one magic trick. We had to come up with a magic. That was I think we've only done one that had to do with magic, an actual magic trick. It was create a magic trick. I think it was with a single rubber band. I don't remember. But uh, But we started and we kept every single week we did this. And we always did it. Like if one of us was out of town working, we still got together like through through, you know, Zoom or whatever and straight up like still did this. So that, that's a huge, huge thing, man. Like it's you will if you start thinking, I think, you know, creativity is it, it definitely is a way of thinking like you just see everything differently and you start getting in. It's a muscle. Right. So you start getting to the point to where you start noticing everything. What can I do with this? What's creative? And you start feeling creativity. So you start feeling, at least in my, in like what I would consider creativity, like, and obviously what I consider creativity could be completely different than what somebody else does. Uh, and so they could be like, bro, that is not creative. That is stupid. So uh, it's you, you do start looking at things like at a different angle or a different shape or, you know, turn it on the side. Now it's flat or it's, you know, whatever it might be. And you, do, you don't look at it as, you know, face value. You kind of, you look around it and, and the environment yeah, that it's you in. Look at, you look at any, you take anything. If somebody hands you a box and it's like, here, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like with this trick, like you don't think of the, you don't want to think of the box. You want to think of everything. Like what is that box made out of? What is like, does it cast a shadow? The shadow becomes part of the box now. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like everything around it, the, what is it made out of the corrugation? Is it, is it cardboard? Is there a different, does it feel different on the inside? Is it waxed on the inside and not on the outside? Like you start thinking completely different uh, uh, with everything though, with there. And it's not even just like, uh, like what you're talking about, which, it, which, you know, looking at different angles and different things like that. It's more like for myself, it's more of just like, what is somebody not going to think of? Like, what is somebody not going to think of? Like, you know, if I, if somebody's like here, do a, sh a trick with a shoe instantly, you know, if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm teaching like a creativity class, so sometimes I do these like creativity classes and I'll go through and we'll, we'll create an effect really fast. Right. So I'll just be like, give me a bunch of items, pop, pop, pop. I'll just start writing them down. And then I'll box out like what I think is interesting. And so, and this is something that I normally just do in my head, but it's like when I'm teaching these classes, I put it out on a board so that way that you can see it. And then if like, let's say they come up with a shoe, I'll be like, give me all the properties of a shoe. And so everybody will start coming up with the properties, right? The shoelaces, the tongue, the sole, the eyelets, the, the mm -hmm. piece of plastic that's around the end of the shoelace, all of the stuff. But now there's so many other things, right? There's the actual shoe print. Shoe print itself becomes part of that shoe. So that's something that you can do with that shoe. Like uh, there's so much like outside. So it's just, it's taking everything and dissecting everything down to all of the components and then all the components that are affected by that thing. So it's, it's a crazy thing, man. I, I, I don't know. I love it. I just love the process. The process itself is just so, so fun. Yeah, definitely. I think with magicians as well, we've got the mindset of whenever we see something, we're like, Ooh, how can I do a trick with this? Oh, how yeah, can yeah. I do it's like, what is deceitful about this thing? What can I hide in it? What can I do? And normal yeah, people are just like, it's just a bottle. Why are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's not just a bottle. Like, what if I shine a light through it? Does the pattern that the glass make does that do something? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. so much stuff that you can do. With my my with girlfriend is it's amazing with water. My, <laughs> my my girlfriend is worried to like throw out anything. You know, you'd be working on some props or you'd be making something or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you can throw that out, but you can't throw that out. It could be the exact same thing. You can throw out that matchbox. You can't throw out that matchbox. She's like, I'm not touching anything. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually just got a question in there by from uh, Regan there for your favorite magic books. 
I think in lockdown, everybody's looking for something to read at the moment. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, I like reading psychology books and books about creativity. I think those transcribe over into magic very, very well. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So, uh, I'm trying to think of like a really a good book right now that would be good for you. What was the last book that I finished that I thought was really good? Um, I just started a book called Big Magic, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that's really cool. A book, um, How to Fly a Horse. That's a really good book. Uh, that's a book on on creativity and like uh, innovation and how like how things are invented and things like that. Um, that's a really, really good book. Um, I always recommend Dale Carnegie, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Um, that's always a, a the one minute sales a salesperson is another really good one. It's a really small book. Uh, I think it's Spencer Johnson. Um, that's a really, really great book. Uh, let's see what else is really, really good. Um, Charlie Mackesy, uh, the boy, the what is it, the, the mole, the boy, the fox, and the horse. I think that's what it is. Um, that's a really short. It's just like a children's book, uh, mm -hmm. but the so so great like that's also another big thing i like the lorax lorax is an amazing book yeah yeah, um, yeah. so though yeah i don't i don't really tend to read a lot a lot of magic books if i read magic books they're more psychology based um so like magic rainbow like that's a that's an amazing book um mm -hmm. incredible but that's also a whole different type of magic like that it depends on what kind of a magician you're trying to be like I know a lot of people that would read the magic rainbow and they would just be like, this is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't make any sense to me, but that's just, they're just not thinking of that type of magician of being that type of magician of where you're literally every, I believe that psychology is, you know, massive. It's massive in magic. It's, you know, it's so, you know, do I look to the left or do I look to the right? Do I pause? What words do I say? Right? Like, is it, is it the words, the words are completely, you know, that's everything. You know, words are literally everything. And so, uh, so what words, it's like, it's like constructing a joke, you know, magic and comedy is a lot, uh, it's very, very similar. Um, and so I know comedians that would kill me that, that I said that, but it's true. Uh, like the word, like the, the, the structure, you know, the way that a joke is structured um, is very, very similar. It's, it's like a, it's like, um, it's like a horror movie. Like those are all, those three things yeah. to me are very, very similar. Um, magic Definitely and horror movies. Yeah. So, uh, so those are the books that I would recommend, man. I don't, uh, if you want to get down like super dope into psychology, then uh, magic rainbow is good. Uh, some books that I've like gone through, like I've had some friends, like send me some books that I've gone through and just like looked at the, like read through them. Um, but not like deep study them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I've, you know, there's been, there's been some, some books that, um, that I've read that have some really great ideas in it. But, uh, but as far as, as far as reading, reading, I tend to go more towards like psychology, Humble Consultant. I just read that. That's a really great book. Uh, Humble Consulting is what it's called. Yeah, we so, got a question in actually uh, beforehand. So I'm asking uh, Kevin here, any advice on how to become a consultant? Because that's something you, you, as you're saying, you're not, not doing many gigs and stuff at the moment, but you seem to be consulting like for Blaine and a lot of other people. Do you have any advice for someone who is interested in consulting? I mean, it depends on what your goal is, right? Like it's not one, like what, what is it that, what do you think that first you need to figure out what you have to offer, right? Yeah. Like, what are you offering these people? I like the biggest thing right now is I think everybody wants to be a consultant because they just want to, they, well, yeah, but I want to create magic. I just want to create magic. That's right. But that's not what a consultant does. I think there's a big misconception with that. Uh, that's a, that's a, a trick submitter, right? That's somebody who comes up with things for, for people. Um, that's like a, you know, like a ghost writer, something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's not magic consulting. And so it depends on what you want to do. So first you need to figure out what you have to offer. Like uh, if you want to just submit tricks, then go create, man. That's the biggest, because I think that that's kind of what he's asking is, is how, do I, how do I get to where I come up with magic for people? If I, I, I could be wrong, but, um, but if that's the case, then go create, like go come up with magic. The work will speak for itself. Like yeah. there is no, you know what I mean? There, it's, there's no half-assing. Like, you're, you're talking about like the biggest names in magic. If you're, if that's what you want to do, then you're now going up against all these other people that are, that are trying to get their trick submitted to this person. You know what I mean? So the, just go create, 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 like just go come up with things. And it's like the work, you know, the work you'll know if you hit it, like if you hit it, it will resonate with people. Like if you have something that resonates like with people creatively, 
you're good to go, man. Like then, then just go do that, and then go submit things if, if that's what you want to do. If you if you want to do that, then go submit, go submit magic. I will tell you that that's it's a lot harder than you think. Like it's you know, um, as far as like you know, magic on television is very different as far as like how you're trying to hit somebody through a lens. You know what I mean? When when you're when you're in person. You know, there's that that vibe is going like there's this energy that's happening. It's a dance that's happening with you. Um, you know what I mean? And so on television, it's it's different. And so just just keep going, man. Create, create, create. I would never discourage you to not do that. Just create, 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 create. create. Who is creating new magic on like maybe what you do to check if something's original or like make sure yeah. you have the correct crediting on that. Do you have any resources or something that you use for that a lot? Yeah. Uh, is there any resources that I use? Yeah. I've got dope friends. That's the hundred percent truth. I mean, I've read a lot of magic books growing up, and so um, I'm very, very thankful and great, grateful that I had a, that I, you know, working in magic shops, running magic shops. You know what I mean? Like all these different things. You know, uh, back whenever you know in Houston there was a place called H and R Magic Books when I was growing up, and it was at the time the largest magic book like kind of store. Um, and like, I mean, that was in Houston. So like, I had you know. I had a wealth of knowledge 30 minutes from me. And so, and nowadays I've got, you know, dope friends that I can call and, and be like, Hey, I need to make sure that this idea is original. Uh, what I tend to do is if I come up with something, if it even feels like it could be done before, then, you know, I'm just the, even the, like the smallest little piece of it feels like it can be done before, you know, I mean, I go through everything, but yeah. I always just I, I normally just call people and call and pay like throw some money at some some friends that have like research thing. You know, I've called Bill Goodwin. That's another Max Maven, like those kind of guys. Those are guys that, you know, are just encyclopedias and Michael Weber inside. You know, I've, there's many a times when I literally will just text Weber and just be like, yo, man, what's the source of this? Like, what is this? And have you seen this idea? You know what I mean? It, it'll be a yes or no. That's it. And if it's a yes, I've seen it, then drop it. You know there's definitely I've come up with. I'm like, it's too obvious. That's like definitely someone's come up with that before. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't have come up with that? It's a bit like. Then just just change, like just figure out how to change it so that it becomes different. You know what I mean? Though that's another good book, Steal Like an Artist. That's a great book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're coming up uh, 52 minutes now, so we'll go into our segment there because we know you, you uh, have the hour, which is called The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, where we yeah. ask our guests to tell us a story about a disastrous performance that might have started off good, went a bit bad and eventually just turned out to be ugly. Does anything pop into your head? The very first one that pops into my head. Oh, man. Yeah, that's probably, this is the worst one that I think I've ever done. I was in college. I was in college and I was doing, uh, I was working corporate and I was working um, at the time it was, and it was busy at the time I was, I was really, really hustling. So I was, I would go work at, uh, I would go work at an IHOP in the morning. Like you guys have IHOP out there, International House of Painting. So I would go work at an IHOP in the morning. I would do that, leave the IHOP and I would go to this flea market. And then I would, uh, my buddy had a magic shop in a flea market. And so I would go behind the counter and go help, help sell magic. I would leave the flea market, head to, uh, like a chill. You guys know what Chili's is Chili's bar and grill. Yeah. I would head to this restaurant Chili's and I was their magician for like four years and like that. I would do magic from there. And then I would, if it wasn't that, then I would head from the shop and go busk at this boardwalk that was out by the water. And I would go bust and do like straight jacket and fire eating and stuff like that. So, uh, so I was in the middle of doing all this stuff and going to college and so, and still broke. So, uh, I remember I got a phone call. Somebody saw me. I used to do this event. I used to do this thing. This company used to do like dream, uh, dream parties. So they would come up with these crazy parties and like, they would call me to like, try to like help design the party and be a magician there. Right. And so, uh, so I got called this, this lady saw me at this party and she was like, we have to have you at, and I was doing close up. She's like, we have to have you at our corporate, our corporate Christmas party. And I was like, I'm in I'm down, I'm doing it. And it was for Walmart. Right. So it was a huge <laughs> corporate Christmas party for Walmart. And so, uh, <laughs> this is so awesome. I remember, uh, they wanted me to do 20 minutes on stage and then do walk around for 30 minutes uh, after. And so I was like, okay, cool, I can do that. No idea if I could or not. Like I was just like, <laughs> yeah. 
And so I remember I call uh, like my two best friends and I'm like, and uh, I'm like, Hey, I've got to do the show. Like, do you guys want to help out with lights and shit like that? And they're like, yeah, let's, let's, you're fine. And so I remember like my dad and I built this dope, like shade illusion type thing like that out of, I think it was like out of Mark Wilson or something like that. Uh, but like these like shades with like a, uh, light and I, like I had a knife that was going to cut through all this stuff. I was doing like a floating candy cane. I had like this rocky bit. Uh, I think a snow, I think did the snowstorm thing. I can't remember any, everything. And the reason I can't remember is because I had never done a stage show before. I had a dove act that I used to do when I was younger and I hadn't done that in years. You know what I mean? So I hadn't, I didn't have like a stage act. And I remember it rained on the way to the place and I was in a truck with the screens. So it ruined the screens. I get there. I'm super, I'm like, don't worry about it. You got this, bro. It's all good. <laughs> and I remember I, Jesus, how old was I? 17? Uh, no, it was college. So 18, it was either 18 or 19. Uh, and so <laughs> I show up, they're excited. I go to the stage, I'm setting up my stuff. Like my buddy's running lights. I've got like this little mini fog machine. It was, it was awesome. And I remember I do the, I'm on stage and I was on for probably five minutes and I felt it. Like I knew that I was going to bomb. Like I, I felt it. Like I could, like I did not have the crowd talking, you know, talking to 2000 people or whatever it is, is completely different than talking to 20. You know what I mean? And so, and I know that now, uh, and so I remember after like five minutes, I was like, this is not going anywhere. This is definitely not going like this is not good. Like it's, I knew it. I knew it wasn't good. I was completely terrible. And I <laughs> I remember I struggled through 20 minutes. I think I actually maybe don't maybe only did 10, 10 to 15, to be honest with you. And I remember I finish. I think I had a snowstorm at the very end is what it was. A red and white snowstorm with a candy cane, I think. So I don't remember. It was it was really bad, whatever it was. And so I remember I do this thing and I finish and it was like a movie. It was like like what did we just watch, right? <laughs> and I remember I finish. I am in super embarrassed, obviously, right? I'm just completely embarrassed. I feel terrible. Like I'm like, man, I, and and I, and I had a really like I had a not like I wasn't a huge ego, but like I was like because I was already like people in like in in my hometown and like in one Houston and all that were like there was only a few like young magicians that were like coming up with their own stuff and like working and gigging and this kind of stuff you know what I mean yeah. and so like I'd already kind of like not a like a reputation but like in that community you know what I mean of just like kind of younger cocky kind of you know kid who could you know do magic and so uh, so I, like my ego was just smashed smashed so so bad and the next day I get a phone call. And I had booked this strolling gig for another big corporate event. And they canceled the gig the next day because a person, the the lady's husband worked for this company. She worked at Walmart. And so they were at the party and they were like, we are not using this dude. Like, we are not using the guy. <laughs> so, so crazy. And then they ended up hiring like this dude that was like an uncle or something like that. From uh, and the show was with like Banachek, like Banachek was one of the magicians there. Like this this other gig that got canceled, and so uh, they ended up hiring this little guy who ended up like it was like this older guy who was like I can do magic, and he like did uh, the diamond penny with a little red block. He just did that and the little imp bottle at every single table, and so uh, which I mean more power to him, bro. Like right on. But I remember <laughs> I was like, oh. Why? Why did that happen? I've, I've been nervous ever since because of that. I mean, I'm super comfortable on stage now, um, but I still think every single time I think, you know, I think about specifically the last time I was, uh, who was it? Um, Wayne Dobson uh, contacted me for Blackpool a couple of years ago and wanted me to close his Wayne Dobson and Friends show. Mm -hmm. And I was super honored. Like, I was like, oh, man, like it made my heart sing, like, because that dude's incredible. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, you know, I want you to close this thing. And so I was like, right on. Well, it was right when I landed. So I remember getting off of the plane and it's my best friend. Uh, I think my ex was with me. I think I think that's it. And I remember we are ta we take off from the airport. Got to go through customs. Go. I haven't even, I haven't gone to the hotel or anything. I've got like my luggage. And I remember getting off of the getting out of the uh, the cab 
I think it was a black, the black car. Got on, the black car took us up to the front of the of the entrance of the Blackpool. What it was that place called? I can't remember what that place is called. Uh, took me there, dropped it off. I remember going in, saying hi to people, taking photos really fast, and like I gotta go. And like, and my buddy Alex is so dope. Like he's amazing because he's just like he's like a security guard slash like you know like he's like a father in himself. He's just like get out of the way. He's doing a show. <laughs> And so uh, you never felt more like a rock star unless you have like one of your best friends like with you to make you feel like a rock star. <laughs> and I remember going in and dropping my bags, getting mic'd up and like stand because the show was I was going on and I literally was the next person up in this in this gig or straight off the plane with a 16, 17 hour flight. And I remember standing on the stairs and going, oh, man, don't let this be like Walmart. Don't let this be like Walmart. <laughs> That was years ago, man. <laughs> Have you ever worked for Walmart since? Who? <laughs> anybody in Walmart's watching? He's a great performer. We've had oh, oh man, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's obviously that was just a, that was a long time ago. So you know, I've done plenty, plenty since then. But uh, but that was a that was the one, man. That was the one still to this day that was just like ooh, ever. <laughs> Definitely. We just crossed the hour there. I was to say thank you so much, Daniel Garcia, for coming yeah, on the show. And uh, everyone can follow you at Garcia Magic on Instagram. And if you want to promote anything else while well, you have a captive audience. <laughs> nah, man. I'm good. I think you got you guys are dope, dude. Thanks for the super awesome conversation, man. You guys are super, super cool and like really kind. Um, and you guys had awesome questions, man. Hopefully, uh, you know, somebody can take any kind of story or whatever I told and can turn it into something that helps them out. So definitely. No, it was great. Um, it was great advice for everyone listening. And it was a good list of books that, that they can check out as well, where we're all in, pan- in the pandemic and everything. So it's awesome. And you're more well, than welcome to, to come to Ireland for the crack man anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some extra. That's amazing, yeah. man. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me, dude. Uh, that was no problem. And we don't need everybody can follow us on social media and the seereality.com Ireland's newest magic shop. So, Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again next week.